I agree with what Greg said. So, you don't mean that you're eating your pizza off the floor. (laughs) No, I mean, on this floor of my house, there is no more food. The story of my house. I feel like this is something that I could accomplish. If somebody, it would be like a scavenger hunt for Francis. It would be like, all right, Francis, we put food all over this entire floor. Can you eat it all in a day? And I'd be like, done. I found it and I ate okay, it all. When you put it like that, actually, I'm starting to think that, like, I probably have some cycling jerseys with, like, a lonely granola bar that's, like, been through the wash, but the, oh. the wrapper is still intact. Oh, it's God. still sealed. It's still sealed. <laughs> yeah, it's still fine. <laughs> From the detergent. My dog just, is all just, over that. It's just become spherical. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold the phone. Francis, you have a dog? I do, yes. Trevor and I have a black lab named Oliver. He is oh, awesome. I've seen pictures oh of him. Oh my god, that's such a good name for a dog. He's the jam. I think I think I've I think I've said that's a good name for a dog. I I really need to meet Oliver, actually. I have not, and it makes me a little sad. But Can I haven't been out. Yeah, this you guys actually touches gotta gotta come out and see me in the uh in the West Hampton. Ah, oh, we're totally gonna do that. We're gonna have a like a, an HBP get together at some point. Oh yeah, you're listening to the Honest Bicycle Program. Hi. And this episode is called Oliver after Francis' dog. Aww. It is called Oliver. Welcome to the Oliver episode. Where we're just gonna <laughs> talk about how great Oliver is. Yes. I'm, so I'm I'm uh, He's a I'm good Greg. Boy. This is Greg. And Greg's a good boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> we were talking this about this on Twitter m- earlier, actually. <laughs> That's true, we were. Uh, introduce yourselves, uh, This is please. Francis from West Hampton. Who's a good girl? <laughs> now it's getting creepy. Uh, yeah, getting real creepy. <laughs> and this is Matteo. Alrighty, great. Okay, now we, okay, back to business. Uh, yes, Oliver, and yeah, we'll, 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 we'll make that happen. Actually, though, we got, um, Francis, you and I got to actually hang out a little bit, kind of. Yeah, we got to weekend. hang out at uh, at Silk City, which uh, may have been purgatory. I'm not sure. Silk City Cyclocross. Yes, it was extremely, extremely warm. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, un- uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. <laughs> also, the Titanic is a little wet. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, uh, ugh, it was terrible. It was like 90 degrees. Oh my God. And we were like trying to race cyclocross. What was cool was, um, look, we don't need to bore the entire listenership with, um, our long and sordid personal history, but like, you know, you and I have known each other for a while. We have quite, um, quite a while. I mean, how, how old was I when we first met? I think you were like 11. I was 11. So. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. And now so we... I am almost 29. So... <laughs> That's a long time. Yeah. We've been friends for a long time, and, and we've known each other for even longer. Well, I mean, like, our <laughs> friendship started in ninth grade, which when I was probably 13 or 14, after we spent two or three years kicking each other as we passed in the hallway at school. Yes, Because of true. a misunderstanding. Uh, yes. <laughs> long story, you don't want to know. It's, it's stupid. Uh, because we were children. Yes. But anyway... Uh, but we've been friends for a long time, but we actually haven't, and, and we d- used to, when we both lived in the Valley, kind of ride bikes together, not like a ton, but we did, and it was great. And I realized actually, we, so we did like most of a lap 
uh, together. We did. In Silk City, we did. Which was, which was cool and kind of talked it over and stuff like that. And I realized later, I was like, I don't think that we have been on a bike ride together in like six or seven years. No, it's been, I think since college. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, oh. You two that. live in the same state. But yeah. other, but opposite ends of the state. It's a small New England state, right? So we're like next door to each other. No, it's not how it works. Sadly, Boston is but another yeah, world to... from Western Mass. We're talking about different it... continents here. Oh yeah, like you're like beyond the wall, exactly out there. So anyway, it just uh, you know, it was nice. It was it was it was it was good times. And uh, oh, I'm just restarting the call recorder now. Anyway, it was good times, and uh, you know, we should uh, we should do that again. Yeah, absolutely. We we did a good laugh. It was incredibly. Uh, it was dusty. It was a little crazy. It was super hot. Uh, I had horrific. built up my cross bike uh, the night before, and so I didn't know how to turn or drive or any sort of anything. So I was <laughs> kind of falling and disastering all over the place. But it was a good laugh. <laughs> there were a lot of places where you could uh, disaster yourself. It was uh, a lot of grass, and then like a lot of techie stuff. It was techie dust bowls. Yeah, it was so hot. It's it. It doesn't make. It's just the wrong. T- I don't know. The, the oh, climate is changing, people. So here's where I wanted to jump in is because I was about to say you cyclocross people always say woohoo the season is starting and I look at my watch and it's like the middle of the summer, and then you cyclocross people say oh this first race was 95 degrees we should be allowed to drink water out of bottles and all this stuff. I mean, well, this is this is true, but I mean, it's it's really. <laughs> I I would actually personally be quite happy if the cross season started a little bit later. Uh, and this is actually something I was talking about with my boyfriend Trevor on the drive home from Silk City. Is that, uh, low four or five years ago, uh, U.S. Nationals actually ended in or ended occurred in December uh, mm-hmm. for the United States, and so the cycle cross season was beginning of September to like December fifteenth. So you smashed in every single race you could in that, like, you know, three and a half month period. And then all of a sudden, after like two years into me starting to race cyclocross, they were like, oh, Nationals is now in January. And everyone was like, uh, okay. And the problem with that is that, and obviously they did this to to align better with the the European schedule, uh, but... We haven't really yet, I think, compensated in terms of the way that the U.S. cross, especially the UCI schedule, is uh, loaded, shall we say. And it's all extremely front-loaded. So you smash in a ton of UCI racing in, like, September and October. November, it peters off. December, there's practically nothing. And then it's just kind of the real gung-ho, hardcore people training for nationals in miserable New England weather. Well, Uh, yeah, but on the other hand, I mean, there is, like, Kingsport in, you know... In the middle of nowhere, East Tennessee. It's just that no one ever goes to that race. No, for sure. I mean, there's there's starting to be more and more cross races trickling in, but it's definitely very heavily front loaded, which which is fine. But I mean, like, I definitely think like there's room for us to spread our legs out a little bit more now. I so as you all may know, I I recently lived in the uh, cold and inhospitable gulag of Minnesota. <laughs> Sure. You got um, Tina and, Fey there and like a big furry hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like the that whole like pushing back nationals happened while I while I was living there. And you know, some race promoters were like, Yeah, cool, we'll try and extend the season like into January <laughs> in Minnesota. Too, so that so that we can keep local racers racing and active <laughs> yep. you know, until nationals. 
And the problem with that, like, the state championships are always in early December. And the problem with that is that, like, without exception, these state championship races, sometimes in early December, sometimes actually in, like, late November, were, first of all, there was, like, a ton of snow on the ground, and there were times when it was, like, negative 20. And that's, like, that's completely seasonal weather. And these races, I mean, they were still bike races, but they were also, like, complete chaos fests of... I, I mean, I, it's just, it's pretty, they are uh, fringe cases of races. I, I do like to think that cyclocross is about diversity and about, uh, you know, mixed media and all of this. But when you've got like a ton of snow and ice on the ground and it's so cold and like that's, that's predictable, that's not like it might be this weather, that it's going to be this weather, then I'm like not entirely sure that, uh, that that's what cyclocross is going for. Yeah, I just that's just like I mean, a lot something some people forget. I, I'm not even going to get into when nationals should be cuz like whatever. Uh, when should nationals be, Greg? I don't care. But either way, it's really <laughs> fine. Uh but but even like with it in December, like, you know, the whole I feel like the point of that was that this in the United States and especially in the parts of the United States where cyclocross has been kind of thriving for the longest uh yeah there are there are large swathes of territory uh, that are just kind of inhospitable and terrible in january <laughs> which people forget and people talk about how like terrible the weather is in belgium and I, I i don't deny that's true i'm sure it is but it is on the western coast of a continent and if you know anything about continents and the way the air moves and stuff like that that means, yeah, it might be rainy and windy or whatever, but it doesn't get anywhere near as cold as it does in, like, the American Northeast or especially, like, Midwest. Right. Like, I mean, no like... No way. This, this is like, you know, you're moving nationals in the U.S. to try to match a European schedule when the climate in the U.S. is very rarely where the cyclocross hubs are going to match the climate going into January mm-hmm. in Belgium. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, it's just an interesting point of discussion. Yes, yes. I don't know how we, I don't know. This wasn't really on our agenda. Are we, are we, are we, or are we not calling out USA Cycling and the UCI and all cyclocross promoters here on this podcast? We are! Eh, oh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> No. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess, I don't know, whatever. You guys have your little revolution. I, I don't really care. <laughs> I will get the trumpets. I just know that I was sad this because it was really, really hot. I, I did two laps. I pulled out. It's not looking like it's going to be a good cross season for me. My form is not good. <laughs> it was not great. We can was... continue to ride around together then, because my form is also not good. Oh, that's awesome. We can be in the crappy form club. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's fine. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's get back on agenda. I wanted to update people on the Wide Angle Podium uh, Fun Drive and let you know thank you, because it was a tremendous success. Uh, we got a big bump in donors, both like to this show and in general. We got over 100 donors to the network. Uh, we basically doubled the number of donors to the network uh, over the course of the drive. So that's pretty great. A um, bunch of shows have bonus content up uh, that you should go check out. We need to get some bonus content, guys. We need to yeah. do that. Is that like you click on our show and like a dancing panda comes up? Bonus? Uh, I don't know. It's like exclusive, exclusive members only content. I, I feel like we have access. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> we should get Ellen to come upstairs. and <laughs> I, I can do that right us. now if you want. <laughs> I mean, I think she's eating dinner, but... Like, Ellen, don't do your homework. 
Stop doing Stop eating things. dinner and Get come be on our stupid here. podcast. But then we'd have to make it members, members only. See, we need, we need to, we should, we should do that, but we should like schedule it and then like make it exclusive to members and be like, ha ha. And then we can uh, uh, ask Ellen very silly questions, perhaps about dancing pandas. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, the- if you want, we could do a Francis's entire house exclusive content podcast. Wait, who else is in your house? Scott Smith, Oliver the dog. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, I didn't realize Scott was there too. Oh, jeez. Yep, I I live in Cyclocross Mecca. You guys, yeah, you guys true. forget. <laughs> next, next up, Brooke Watts. I hear that you <laughs> just even... like hey Brooke, we have a we have a kielbasa for you. <laughs> I did. Francis, at one time, Francis... took Brooke Watts a kielbasa, and I... that is absolutely not an innuendo at all. <laughs> you... I hear that you also train on that like sand pit that I've seen in in videos about cyclocross heroes. I do, I do. So some of you may have seen uh, a Jeremy Powers uh, promotional video featuring an epic looking sand pit and that just so happens to be my hometown sand pit. Uh, really, it's it's my sand pit. It's, it's not Powers' sand pit. Um, because it is, <laughs> it's closer to my house than it is to his house. So I'm claiming it. Um, Buy some tickets, Powers. <laughs> yeah, come, you're, I'm going to charge you for the sand pit. Um, but but no, the the cool thing about living in Western Mass in Cyclocross Mecca is that we've kind of uh, accumulated uh, a series of sand pits, and one of them happens to be right across the street from my house, and it's pretty epic cyclocross riding, or actually any riding. I go in there on the mountain bike, on the fat bike. I've been running little like mini cyclocross clinics where I take people up there, and we see how many people can go down the big sand drops, which is super fun. Um, which I believe in some of Powers' promotional videos, he would not go down on the cross bike, which <laughs> I, I have not gone down on the cross bike. I'll because he my... was afraid or he didn't want to be on video wiping out? Both. Uh, huh. Both. Probably, huh. probably Interesting. both. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah. You hear that, Powers? You're called out. <laughs> I mean, he, he said himself in the promotional video that he was afraid to go down it, but... Oh, okay. um, He's not called out. We all like Jeremy Powers. We do. He's, he's a good guy. Um, but yeah, I'll I call mean, him out. I'll be like, I'll go down those sand drops, Jeremy. I'm not jeopardizing a World Cup season. <laughs> oh man, you you will roll up to that, and like I will do it on my mountain bike now. But like I guarantee, the first time people like roll up to the edge, they're just like, nope. And then they see a couple people go down it, and they you know they get peer pressured into doing it, and then it's not actually as bad as it seems. Um, but but yeah, it makes for some epic training because then you get into a cyclocross race, and you're like. Oh, this is not one foot of loose sand going into a pit. Great. <laughs> You're like, Euro shoot of death? Bring it on. Yeah, it's like, we. I, ha- I do this every day behind my house. Cool. I've actually gotten dangerously brave on some of those drops now. I was at Quad Cross the day after we were at Silk City, and there are a couple of pretty, uh, pretty gnarly loamy descents there that are shreddy and fun. And, nice. And I was like, I'm going down these so fast. Woo, I'm the best. Uh, and then I went down one and, uh, well, except that I was like way at the back of the pack cause I suck <laughs> right now, uh, apparently. And cross I, is hard. I was like, just, I was just thinking like, yeah, it is so hard. And I was just thinking like, I am the best. I'm so great. Watch me rip this. To-. And then my like front wheel dug and I hit the ground really hard. <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, never mind. Ouch. And then I had things in my bike and I had dirt on myself and I came back out of the woods and <laughs> my wife was looking a little worried because she was like, where were you? 
I'm like, <laughs> your I'm... wife is like, uh, is your collarbone intact? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I didn't land on that same shoulder, actually. I was oh. like, I got too rad in the woods. I'm fine. She's like, yeah, I, I noticed that you were covered from head to toe in dirt. <laughs> so, yeah. Good cyclocross, <laughs> TM. There's we're, dirt. We're really pushing it, pushing it well here. We're like, cyclocross, you might die. Uh, yeah, well, I did already break myself pretty badly. Uh, so apparently you shouldn't go to Adam Meyerson's race because it has a scary, scary, ruddy descent on it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, no, it's fine. I, I, I did it again. I did it again last year. I was very afraid. I went very slow, but I lived. So it was <laughs> Living fine. is good. It was fine. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, hang on. We, I got to get us back on our... We had some kind of agenda-ish kind of thing. We have things to talk about. We have an um, agenda? I mean, a little Are we going to start doing the Ira Glass, like, after one? <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to have some kind of uh showdown with bill shiken over at crosshairs radio we're we have to do some kind of like ira glass off <laughs> like do competing that actually glass. sounds do that. pretty epic ira glass off featuring ira glass on sunday 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 <laughs> at the civic center <laughs> at the civic center and he'll be fighting john Cena. <laughs> Oh, that would be so sad. <laughs> Ira Glass versus John Senna. <laughs> Ira Glass would be like, John Senna, have you ever been disappointed? And he'd be kicked in the face. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. All right. So anyway, we have a we have a review. We have a new review. Do you, I I pasted it in our little chat, uh, Francis. I don't know if you think that we should read it. Perhaps from Psycho well, Dad. You know, we certainly we certainly could. We could. I just think that we. We just got to give the people what they want. I think they like that. Uh, we right. want you to keep, if you can, you know, go to iTunes, look for Honest Bicycle Program. By the way, we have new show art. It finally has our actual show name on it because I got off my butt and did something. Um, I'm a little bit obsessed with uh, the Baskerville font. Don't know why. So it's all in Baskerville. Uh, it's still a placeholder because I suck at design. So I'm sorry that it's bad, but at least it's correct. But anyway, we have a new review. Reviews really help us uh, unless they are... Uh, I mean, so long as they are of many stars, they help us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, only give us many stars. How uh, many? (laughs) Several. Severals. Severals of stars. Several stars. Uh, So yes, uh, Psychocrass Dad uh, sent us a review. Would you Would you like to read read it for us dramatically, Francis? I will. I will read this review, and I I will continue reading reviews in uh, my strong bad impersonation, unless uh, I hear otherwise that this is. Not well accepted, or that I should do some sort of different impersonation. Um, all right, here we go. <clears throat> all right, uh, reviewer, cyclocross dad. Subject, wait, it's not about rhythmic gymnastics? Uh, no. It is certainly <laughs> not about the pinnacle sport in the summer games, <laughs> the epic greatness that is rhythmic gymnastics. Uh, but it is indeed a great show that has gotten better every episode. Oh, thank you. Uh, has a well-balanced outlook on most aspects of cycling from three fantastic hosts. I do say so myself. I don't know about the other <laughs> jokers here, but I I think I'm pretty good. Uh, cycling culture and well, bike life. Uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, looking forward to many more episodes. Thanks for the Kamut distraction. Uh, I don't know what this guy's doing, commuting, but all right. Thank, thank you for the review, Cyclocross Dad. I hope you gave us at least five stars and no less than four. He did give us five stars. 
<laughs> Thank you, Cyclocross Dad. We appreciate Thank you. Thank you, Francis. You know, when you started doing the strong bad impression, I was thinking, like, can Francis really pull this off? But all <laughs> the little, Francis like, the, the commentary really kills it. You know, you underestimate how much strong bad I watched in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and how much I had memorized. I could do minutes of word by word strong bad emails. All right, well, moving on. Uh... <laughs> Which I will, I will not do, but I can. Just know that I can. Know that that's my superpower. Right. Yes. Awesome. Uh, okay. So okay, we've got a few a few little things I wanted to mention. Um, let's see. Uh, so yes, thank you, Cyclocross Dad. Uh, we just have a, a bunch of little kind of small things for the most part. I don't know. So whatever. Anyway, uh, it's cool. We don't need to give them a table of contents. They're twenty minutes into this. They're committed. They're committed. Our <laughs> audience is committed. <laughs> yeah, they can't turn this off or anything. <laughs> like that's not going to happen. All right, look, uh, the European cyclocross season has started with something, something von Gerardsbergen. I don't know. Some kind of big race happened, and, like, big people were there. And um, uh, Wout van Aert was there, and I looked at the photos. Well, I saw a photo that was tweeted by the race, and uh, I don't know. I noticed something about it. Did you guys notice something about this photo of, of Wout winning a, a cross race? He's finally on disc break. Uh, was that true? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Is that true? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, because he's using the Hydro ETAP. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Well, good for you. Good for you. Embracing the future, Wow. And That wasn't know. what we were going to talk about? Uh, no, apparently not. Apparently not. No, um, his, I noticed that his World Championship kit, his stripes were unobscured by any image. You know how, like, you know how, uh, except for the Road World Champion kit, they have, like, pictures in the middle? Do you know what I mean? I didn't. Stuff, I didn't notice that until you described it, and then I was like, "Wait, yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar." Mm-hmm. And yeah, like so for... I'm looking at a picture of Sven Nice in his World Champ kit, and there's this like terrible, like huge blue egg with a person sort of shouldering a sort of yeah. It looks kind, kind of, of like those pictographs they use at like the Olympics, like those indecipherable pictographs that depict sports. And it's like, this yeah. is like the Olympic cyclocross pictograph. It's not very good. Or in like the Olympic, not the Olympics, sorry, the world championship champion in the time trial has like a, a stopwatch in that position. And, and the world champion in mountain bikes has like a picture of like literally of a mountain <laughs> there. It's <laughs> terrible. Mountain. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's just like a couple of mountains or something like that. It's it, the stopwatch is pretty terrible. The stopwatch is right really now. bad. It is It is very, like, and they designed these probably in about 2002, and they have That's some MS Paint shit right there. <laughs> it's real bad. But, but this was absent from Wout's kit, and I'm, I'm wondering, you know, I just, is this a change? Is this something that, that perhaps we will see other, other non-road disciplines not relegated to the ghetto of world championship jerseys that have to have things on them? I don't know, because it's all, it's all about the stripes, right? Like, if you're in a given kind of event, and you're wearing a world championship jersey, like, we can kind of figure out if you're the cyclocross world champion, right? Because you're riding a cyclocross bike in a cyclocross race. Am I not? Am I wrong? Not wrong. You're, I would go so far as to say that you're correct. Am I the only person who, who actually cares about this and is, like, 
pleased to see <laughs> the the potential for their not having this terrible stupid egg of like a well you're not on the road so let's make it really really clear what your discipline <laughs> is well you you're a little bit more fired up than i am about it but i'm in full agreement I'm in agreement, too, but I'm definitely not fired up about it. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess this is sort of like you guys want to take on the uh, UCI and USAC by storm about, like, nationals in January or whatever. And I was like, eh. (laughs) And I'm like, down with the stupid graphics. That's just just that whole thing. That whole thing I was joking about, because, like, I have a vague opinion about it, but it seems like in these days of social media and the like, everyone feels the most strongly about whatever opinion they have. That's an excellent sweeping statement. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> everyone That's an awfully feels generic the most thing to say. strongly everyone about on the whatever's happening. Everyone on the internet has feelings and is angry. <laughs> I think we discussed it before when we talked about, like, the doping thing, right? Where it's, like, people, like, like random dude uh, 003851 on Twitter is like super personally angry like that that uh cyclists have doped and like i don't know ruined his life for something like that yeah <laughs> like yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird where it's like what is your person like what is your personal investment in this so maybe I, you know maybe i should chill out i don't know I, i'm not like look it wasn't the end of the world it was not like i was complaining about it uh before but i'm kind of excited if this is like a new thing where they are like oh it turns out that this kind of um degrades the uh purity of the world championship stripes and like what they mean if we have a stupid logo in the middle of them and maybe we'll no, stop totally, doing that. I, I totally hear you cycling has made some bad aesthetic decisions <laughs> what in fairly recent history like i think we're still like climbing out of a hole and in fact some of the things a graphic design are us climbing out of a hole yeah, yeah are, we're still digging ourselves we're still digging ourselves out of a hole. And so the uh, the moves that we can make toward a sort of respectful uh, minimalism, I think, are top-notch. Yeah, I, I actually still think one of the things that most offended me about the whole North American cycle sport thing was their atrocious logo. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, really, guys? It's like, you whipped this, like, you whipped this up in, in like, I don't know, MS Paint. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no. <laughs> Did that organization ever do something? Uh, well, uh, I mean, there was a lot of controversy here in New England where it is based. And there was a race that uh, was like, we're going to go with NACS. And uh, Adam Myerson got involved. And there was a lot, dun, of, dun, dun. There was a lot of tugging at collars <laughs> and awkward glances. And then that series was no longer NACS. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's going anywheres, but we'll see. Mm. All right. All right. Um, Congratulations to Wout Van Aert for winning his first race of the year yeah, as the world champion. Whatever the heck it was. I'm sure it was a very, very good race. So with, with like, you know, high-level cyclocross starting, do you ever get that thing where it, it starts and you're like, man, I'm having a hard time, like, remembering the plot lines from last year that became, like... They were like imprinted on my soul. Like I remembered all the plot lines, and then there was just an off season, and now like, oh right, wait, Wout won the world championships. Uh, how'd that race go? <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
I think I actually almost forgot that he was world champion, which is weird. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. It's not the um, other uh, tall, skinny Dutch guy. Uh, it's uh, him. Yeah. Whoever that dude is. We've all forgotten about Matthew him. Matthew Vanderpoel. No, I knew that. But... Okay. And then there's the the cool thing going on is that, uh, you know, not only... Of course, there are some, some you know, very high-level races going on in this country. We've always had, like, a pretty robust UCI scene, but there are two World Cup. Oh, that's so soon. Indeed. Yep. Very soon. Two! Both of my housemates are going to the first World Cup. <laughs> yep. There you go again. Dropping yep. those housemates. Dropping, Dropping those housemates. names. Yep. Yeah, I only yeah. live with some really good cross racers. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you know. I I I pitted uh, I think cross before UCI race or before it was a World Cup, so you know. Uh, well, you're pitting. Were you pitting for uh, Chabby Chab? No, I was pitting for my friend Inokenti Zavulov, uh. who uh, now rides for. Uh, KHS Maxis JL Velo, which is combining with Elevate Pro Cycling. I just read a confusing press release the other day. Oh, okay. I feel yeah, like... He uh, once beat Tom Zerbel in a time trial. No big deal. Oh, wow. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, you know, yeah, not a big deal. Yeah, once he broke away in a crit with Daniel Holloway, and they went one-two. Yeah, all right. I mean, that's okay. I've done that, but... He's pretty good. Pretty good at bike. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like... I feel like because I'm only one degree of separation away from, from Dan Chabanoff, even though I don't personally know, like, you know, we're good. I can call him Chabby Chabs. He's fine with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, and I went for, he and I went for a nice bike ride uh, last weekend. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have um, so many We have so many connections we should be abusing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, shamelessly abusing in order to garner, like, more listeners and prestige. <laughs> but no, instead... <laughs> We continue to just keep doing our silly nonsense. <laughs> and I, I will. I'll, I'll point this out, and because I think this is funny, and because I actually know that Dan listens to our podcast. What? But, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Dan, I'm but, sorry that I called you Chabby Chabs. I think you're awesome. Everything. We have to redo the whole podcast now. People are listening. <laughs> oh shit! People are listening. Oh, oh no! Oh god! But so he invited, you know, it was, it was the day after uh, he won the uh, Grenoble cross race. Yeah, yeah. And he invited me for like, an, you know, an easy ride on some, some trails and fire paths. And I was that was thoughtful cool. of him. So I, so I take my cyclocross bike, which has some cyclocross tires, and meet him. And he starts taking me on some like, like pretty crazy trails that sort of go through some like rocky drop offs through like a homeless camp onto sort of an illegal... Uh, like railroad bridge, like riding on the gravel, you know, over a river. Uh-huh. Um, and like, you know, this is like a sort of easy conversational ride. It was great to see him. Um, you know, sort of one of those like, I just moved to Philly. It's nice to get get back in touch with people that I know, sort of things. But he's on like, you know, thirty two millimeter like slick tires, basically. <laughs> not even, not even, not like file tread, like touring slicks. And I've got, I've got cross tires on, and I, you know, am realizing that even at you know easy paces, I'm at the sort of limit of how well I can turn my bike as he's just like chilling and and making turns on some trails that were a lot more challenging for me than they were for him. And it's just one of those things where you know when you see someone who's like 
good at something that you just kind of mess around with, you really start to see those levels. Like cycling yeah. does that to us a lot, right? We see those levels. Oh, like yeah. Francis, your story about racing, like the Philly Classic, it was like you, you saw those levels and get smacked um, in the face by them. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is like when I was warming. I was I was doing course inspection at uh, at Gloucester, and I was on this like gravelly off camber right hander. And I was like, "Whoa, this is tricky!" <laughs> and the Anthony Clark comes by me like a freight train. <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> and it's like, "What?" And I was like, "I yeah. thought you were supposed to be bad at this." <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good times. One of my. One of my. I had a. I had a tough run. I don't even know if we talked about it because I can't really remember what we've done, but I had a <laughs> yeah. tough run at uh, the track national championships this year, just due to, due to things and things going on. Mm. Um, mm. But I did have a moment in the points race where I was like in a move, not like a big move, just a move. There was like a gap behind us and it was on a points lap and whatever. But I was in a move with Bobby Lee, Jake During, Zach Kowalczyk, and Daniel Holloway. And, and me like that's that's who is <laughs> yeah. in this move you're not you're not the alpha dog in that group no sir no sir but it felt good to be there yeah well i haven't had i haven't been in any groups like that this year it's been kind of a bummer of a year to be perfectly honest yeah but you have a new bike why don't you talk about that yeah i got a new oh, i finally got a new bike um loyal listeners might recall that i I killed my my old road bike. I mean, I didn't like kill it super dead. It probably wouldn't have broken for a very long time, but I, you know, there's a crack in the head tube, and you don't want to mess around with that. Killed but it I mostly was... dead. Yeah, mostly dead. <laughs> mostly dead. But yeah, so I finally, I finally replaced it. I, it was. Uh, it took a while because I was looking to, uh, you know, not spend a lot of dough because I've spent a ridiculous amount of money on bikes this year. It's just been sort of like. <laughs> what can else can I find that will break and or <laughs> that I will find some, you know, desperate need to replace something for no good reason. Uh and and yeah, and and so and of course the frame was one of them. So anyway, friend of a friend, it was friend of Matteo actually got in touch and he had this CAD 10. I this was I will I will not take credit for friendship. This is just an internet stranger that I that I got in touch with. Oh wow, this is an internet stranger. Internet stranger, dope ass bike though. Why don't you go ahead and describe it? Yeah. So this guy is this frame set. It's this CAD ten, uh, Cannondale CAD ten, uh, and it's very green because he got this bike custom painted. Yo, it's crazy. Floro. It's so floral. Oh my god, you guys have to see this thing in real life. It is crazy. It's like this yellow green color. It's very early nineties. It's wild. It glows in the dark. It's bonkers. It's so bright. It is crazy. Like he, Wait, is it glows in the dark? Is that hyperbole or is that like only, it it's it is glow in the dark? Only paint? slightly. Like it isn't it doesn't like actually, I don't know, absorb energy from the sun and then you, you know, you know what I mean? It's not like your glow in the dark toys or something like that. It's actually brighter than that. Uh mm-hmm. in a, in a lot of respects. But like it's the kind of color that in low light is extremely easy to see. That's awesome. It is amazing, and it has he he got decals for it, and they're custom. Well, they're not custom decals, but they're like the like nineteen ninety one Cannondale decals for this like two thousand eleven frame set. That's kind of badass. It's kind of awesome. I I will say that when I saw pictures of this bike, 
my first thought was, yo, Greg, you want to buy my LA? Because I want to buy this <laughs> cattail. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. So I, I finally, I was waiting for some bits and I finally built it up. Uh, and yeah, I got to ride it. It's not quite set up yet because I need to, I need to get the details worked out of adjusting. It's, it's got one of those SRAM yaw front derailers on it from the other bike. And those are a pain in the butt. So you need to like zero it out completely. And I haven't done that yet. Cause I literally just like uh, removed the bars and, and brakes and derailers from my, uh, old bike and just plopped them on and mm-hmm. kind of wired it up and, and it was like because i was like oh finally i have this bottom bracket adapter i've been waiting for like you didn't you didn't cable you just hoped that like the, the the cable stops were in the right place for you to put the housing in pretty much uh yeah i didn't replace any of the housing <laughs> i i did have a couple of new shift cables which was probably a good idea so i did use those mm-hmm. but but yeah so it's ready to go and i rode it a couple times i'm pretty excited about it i got i made a mistake I made a mistake uh, when I was calculating the geometry at the last minute. I was like, no, wait, instead of a 100 millimeter negative 17 degree stem, I think that if I'm going to have this slammed, I need a 10 degree stem. And and I was wrong. Uh, I need a negative 17 stem uh, because I, you know, I want it to be mega slammed (laughs) because that's. I I can't help but notice, though, that you also ride with a a fair amount of uh, saddle setback uh for for a short dude perhaps 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 it might be true Uh, i wonder i wonder how you would feel if you tried a no setback seat post oh and it changed up your whole need a crank relationship and you know thought about how the the rest of your body fit on the bike oh well see okay there's actually a reason for that that is a little bit different uh because okay so all right we're gonna get into sorry we're gonna get a little into the weeds of greg's bike fit i'm sorry uh, so I do not have, so the reason for the setback seat post on, that I have, and that I had, is I had a bike with 75 degree seat tube, and if I had a no setback seat post on it, I actually, it's difficult to get the saddle in the right position. Yeah, you would be like, yeah. above the bottom bracket. It was crazy, and I have the specific seat post I had, because I had a Thompson setback seat post but it was it was actually um, the bend is in the in the Thompson setback seat post is too far down and I couldn't get the saddle low enough. Huh. The Thompson setback seat post also has less setback than most setback seat posts. Yeah, it has about ten millimeters, whereas your standard one bolt seat post has like twenty or twenty five. Yeah, this is, I think the one I have is like twenty. So anyway, that's why I'm just using I'm just using the same seat post, and that is why. Mm-hmm. And I actually did have to slide the saddle forward a bit. So uh-huh. I don't feel like I do probably have a lot of setback because I have a low saddle and I need to compensate uh-huh. for that in some way. Cause I, yeah. I can't, I cannot get away with running a saddle even a t- Like if it's a millimeter too high, I'm going to regret it. Huh. Um, it's a real, real problem because I have a, a knee issue that. Okay. See, I'm a, I'm a high saddle falling on top of the handlebars kind of rider myself. You know, I, I'm pretty low saddle. And I actually think a lot of people have their saddles too high, but that's another thing. Um, they can at least get away with it without injuring themselves. I cannot. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the reason for that. So, but but the the point is anyway. Like, so it's weird because I have this. I, I took uh, the stem I had lying around, which was a uh, <laughs> it's a Thompson 110 millimeter negative um, 17 degree stem that I had lying around. I was like, well, <laughs> I guess I'm gonna put this on, uh, and nope. and it is it is long. It is a very long bike right now. It is, and how do you like it? Uh, well, I boy, I I'm gonna give it a shot because I kind of dig it. 
especially mm. when I get out and sprint. It might be too extreme. Mm-hmm. It might be too extreme because I feel like my hip angle is very, very closed. And when I was just like riding, I, I'd ride. Uh, I was meeting up with uh, my lady and some friends after work tonight to get some nachos and drinks. And I was just riding nice. like through downtown um, to get across the river. Um, so I was just like in street clothes. Uh, and I was like, wow, these handlebars are really far away. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. really noticing that these handlebars are very far away. I definitely always feel that way when I'm riding a bike in street clothes. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. And whereas before when I was just riding without anything, I was like, yeah, I could probably get used to this. So we'll see because I kind of dig, like when I sprint, especially it's like, oh, this feels better. Cause I've never been a big fan of like having the bars really low and really close. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like I'm about to just like fall over the front of the bike. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm weird. I like, I like a long bit. Happy new bike day, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I actually, I was, I was really excited. It handles really great. I mean, it doesn't ride any worse than my old steel bike. Um, I think the whole steel aluminum thing is mostly malarkey because there's more to it than that. Um, it's not, it's like super sharp handling. I think that having the long stem is having an interesting effect on that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm pretty excited. It'll fit bigger tires than my old bike did, which is also nice. nice. Uh, and yeah, I was, I was riding down the bike path on Tuesday, which was the first day I, I rode it. And I was like actually kind of giggling to myself because I was really digging it. I was very happy. I, I, I've had a lot of, um, a little bit of angst around training and stuff uh, lately. And so it was just kind of nice to be out and just be like, wow, I am really enjoying myself. It's good to so, get that new bike nice. feeling. Yeah, new bike feels. New bike feels are great. Mm-hmm. I guess that's on, that's on our list. We're allowed to talk about it. Oh, yeah, new bike <laughs> feels. Yeah, so you were asking about, I don't know, pros and cons, right? New bike, old bike, used bike. Yeah. New bike, old bike, used bike. You know, you get when you get a new bike. If it's if it's a new to you bike, you know, you get a used bike. Is that better than the brand new bike? I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think about the new bike feeling? Hmm. I've had like like three new bikes ever, mm-hmm. and they've and they've never also really been like fully new bikes because it's been like a new frame, old parts, right? So I don't I don't know too much about like a new bike. I know that like any new bike, whether or not it's used, is super exciting. Oh, for sure. But there's also there, it also comes with a little bit of stress because like anytime you get a new bike, it's like, all right, like I'm gonna like tweak out and like chase out all of the little like issues about like oh it it handles a little bit funny. I need to get like different handlebars or like the fit is just like a little bit weird like. In ways that I can't quantify, it's just you know how a different bike handles and feels, and all the the tiny little modifications you have to make in order to get it set up for you. Yep. That's so exactly there's it. that. Yeah, there's definitely when I get a new bike, it's like it's exciting because it's like ooh shiny and fancy, new technology usually, new shifters. Um, but also frightening because it's like oh god, the bike I was riding fit me reasonably well, so I'm terrified that this one is just never gonna fit. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. It's ne- never gonna feel right. And then that's such a good does, way to put it. <laughs> when it does, when it you get it dialed in, and you're like, "Oh shit, this is good." And then you go for a ride, and it's amazing. That's the best feeling. But I feel like there's always been whenever I I switch bikes, even if it's a beautiful new bike, there's always anxiety. 
And you're and you're like looking, you're doing all the stack and reach calculators you can find online. This is me. That's what I do anyway. And I'm like super paranoid about like, am I getting this right? Am I going to exactly replicate the fit of my old bike? You know. Yep. And then I make a mistake and I order the wrong stem and I end up with a different fit. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's it's difficult. And, and I don't know, like you, Matteo, I've so seldom had like a new bike. Like my last bike that I broke was my last new bike where literally it was like uh, actually a new frame and new parts and like every part of it was new to me. I guess the wheels weren't new because um, I reused those. But, it, you know, in this case, I'm moving the parts over from the other bike. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I love, I love new bikes. I like, they don't have any baggage. <laughs> That's what's nice about it. That's true. It's... So I, I've had my road bike for three years and I've always used traditional bend handlebars on them because I, I like traditional bend handlebars. I'm sort of in the minority with that. Um, but I just, uh, I just went from SRAM to Shimano parts yes. and with Shimano, like the traditional bend, it just didn't work quite right. Um, everything felt a lot longer. And so I got, uh, Richie neoclassic handlebars which are they're sort of like traditional bend but with the with the ramps sort of optimized for a shifter kind of like shimano pro vibe 7s round bars a little bit like head gto bars and i've, I've gone for like a few rides with them on it and i'm like ah oh, it's all locking in like my bike feels like a whole new bike and it feels so good awesome yeah i, I mean i've been riding three t organovas for a little while now and it's uh i really like they're not traditional they're compacts basically but yeah see i, I just i never like compact bars I do the i've compact tried a couple times well. yeah see now that i have yeah. now that i actually have um the ability to like really get my stem nice and low uh i'm actually appreciating it because the problem i had before was so right short people problems uh i had a bike where I had a um, it, the the head tube was short enough that I could only put like a regular external headset on it, so you can't really like that's like you've just like forget it. It's like twenty eight to thirty millimeters of stack right there minimum. Like you're just screwed. <laughs> There's no getting around that. Um, so i've often had round drop bars but as i figured out ways to get the bars lower like the most the final setup i had on my road bike was ridiculous i think i, I might have mentioned it on the show i had this like negative six degree stem it was so stupid it was so ugly <laughs> <laughs> it looked so bad uh but it, i i made a change at one point um because i had the i had 3t rotundos which are more traditional drop bars and my thinking was like it really annoyed me that I would be like racing in the drops, but if I like wanted to stretch out and switch onto the hoods, that it would feel like I was throwing out a par- like a parachute because mm-hmm. the difference was so huge, and I was like now sitting up really high. And I thought, well, if I lower the bars overall, but I switch to compact drops, then I'll still be pretty arrow on the hoods when I sit up, but I can still get lower in the drops, but it you know it won't be like ridiculous the difference, and that's actually worked out really really well. Uh, I think, especially now that I've got this preposterous fit, which, you know, I might end up going back to like a hundred millimeter stem. We will see, because that will still be long. I actually did the math. I was like, how does this compare? This is like, I feel like this is longer than any bike I've had since I had a hundred millimeter stem on um, an S-Work C5. 
uh, which is a long bike, to be clear, because uh, uh, I had a 52 centimeter of that. And and I actually did the math and calculated it. I was like, oh, this is actually actually longer <laughs> than that fit was. And that was a really long <laughs> fit. So And it's lower, too, which actually helps. But that's a whole other... My bike geometry rants could probably go on for a long time. But, um, but yeah, lower... If you're going to go longer, you also want to go lower and vice versa, um, in my opinion. But yeah, I, so I like the compact drops for that. I think it works pretty well. I don't know. But... We've we've discussed, I think you and me, Matteo, anyway, about our various diva qualities when it comes to uh, bike bits. And I, I mean, I kind of attribute the whole thing to to being short. Like everything, little tweaks that you make have like a bigger effect. I think that people who are more like in the in the middle of the the distribution of height and of dimensions, uh, fits can be like a little bit more forgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd be like, oh yeah, oh 120 millimeter stem, that's fine. Oh 130, oh that's fine too. I don't know, I don't really notice the difference. But for us, like smaller changes, it's just like a quicker drop off from good to not good. Yeah, I think that also holds true for my height as well. Yeah, wow, you're and 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 probably like so many women who ride bikes who are you know, you know, like tend to skew shorter. Yeah, yeah it's, I... it's harder and harder to get a fit the the shorter you are. I think. Yeah, I remember being. I actually remember being sort of uh, offended on behalf of like all women when, which is sort of like ridiculous because I'm you know a dude. Uh, <laughs> but when Specialized came out with uh, maybe it was the Ruby or something like that when they were first like really making a push. when they were first trying. Yeah, when they were first trying, and they were like, "This bike is is really intended for women," and so it comes with cranks down to 167.5 millimeters. And I was like, guys. Like, I don't ride 167.5 millimeter cranks. That's too long for me. Like, that's not good. And I'm I'm taller than the, like, average woman. Like, that's not going to cut it. You know, I just remember being so annoyed. Like, that's not good enough. You can't be like, well, we went down two and a half millimeters from your standard 170s. So it's, it's funny that that's, awesome. that's the, the piece that offends you the most. Because I think the most offensive thing when they came out with the Ruby... Was that that was their race bike? Oh yeah, well also and, the like, whole there, like there was no Amira at that point, and like there was no like it had the Zertz inserts that you had in the the Ruby was the Roubaix, yeah. and the Roubaix for those uninitiated and who didn't work at bike shops for it's like the a million years. Yeah, well it's it's the bike you get when you want like a comfortable ride and you're not interested in performance necessarily, but you want like, you know, people still pay a lot of money for the Roubaix, but they're not intending to race with it. And that was all they had. I raced on a Ruby for actually a bunch of years cuz like that was the bike a team gave me because it was I mean like and it was actually fine. Like I actually really liked that bike, but like it wasn't like, the intention was that like, oh, women still need like, uh, you know, they need desserts for comfort. It's yeah. like, we're, it's like, this was like, you know, 2009 and we're still in the age of like, women can't handle a race bike. Well, it's like you couldn't get, like for a long time, you couldn't get a women's specific design, you know, because that was the buzzword, right? The women's specific design bike, you couldn't get one without a triple for a long time, for example. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of like, uh, Okay. <laughs> It's like, it's like uh, no. I mean, I it's like it'd be nice if you made a bike that accommodated shorter statures that still did not sacrifice on performance, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. And well, that's that's the funny thing too. That's mostly what it's about. It's like 
it's like what do you what do you really need like in terms of design like okay so there's probably some fit differences because it, it does seem pretty common for women to have a different fit i don't really know some people said oh yes women tend to have i don't know higher bars relative to i don't know if that's actually true um but whatever uh anyway i lost my train of thought that's awesome I, I mean, uh, like, but it was like they're yeah. they're essentially bikes for shorter people, right? Like intended to accommodate a a, a group of customers that is tending to be shorter. So yeah, uh, I mean, like if you yeah. break it down into just the like you know the what is the um uh the the difference that that's usually purported for for women is like oh women have shorter torsos and longer legs, men have longer torsos and shorter legs, which is you know not a hard and fast rule. Which at turns all. out to actually be pretty much. BS. But even even if it were true, like that's totally fine because then you could just make a bike for that type of person, right? Exactly. But the, the problem is putting in all these other ideas of like, oh, but it's for women, so we need to make it comfortable. And I mean, obviously, you want your bike to be comfortable, but like, I don't want like when I'm in a sprint at you know thirty miles an hour to have like zerts inserts sucking up my power. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Like, oh, I'm so glad I have these little gel nuggets in my. Uh, chain stays <laughs> you, you, you stuck like a lot of like innuendo tone into that comment <laughs> I, I was trying Gel to be nuggets. sarcastic not uh innuendo yeah yeah <laughs> i think it's what this conversation leads me to like really note that specialize um is is one of the few companies that does uh really uh i think well thought out very small sizes with 700 seat wheels no they they do i mean like that saying having now, said like all now. that like they they've come a long yeah. way they've come a long way yeah. and they did come out with a women's race bike thankfully and like um, like the, the amira i think you know gets uh gets cred for being like kind of the standard of of you know for sizes that go down to like 43 centimeters or something ridiculous yeah and like there's some women who need that size and that's just you know yeah. that's because in our shorter than men on average yeah Except for the ones who are taller than us, like you. No, not us. Me. That's okay, though. That's I mean, fine. I'm, I'm actually, I think, a pretty average height for a, a woman. Uh, I think you're tall. I think five, you're tall. It's five, okay, six. though. You're five, really? I think you're tall. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry for height I mean, shaming you like now, Francis. Five eleven or something. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I'm fine. But now I feel terrible because I, 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 I'm bad. I suck. I'm the worst. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, I'm so offensive and misogynist. Terrible. I'm bad man. You should just run for president. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Let's let's not even open that can of worms. Yep, yeah, nope, nope, yeah. not going there. Not opening that can and, of worms. Not putting on, on that toupee. That, note. <laughs> that is not a good toupee. Just no. Alright, no. well okay. Uh, well Matty, I guess you've gotta gotta run. And we've been talking, we've been, we've been gabbing for a little while. We've been coming at you with real talk. Real talk for nearly 54 minutes and 32 seconds. That's true. Wow, that's very precise, Francis. I hope that uh, our listeners' uh, actual uh, uh, podcast counters reflect that. I hope I haven't, I hope I don't have to chop huge sections out. I had to, a little, (laughs) little opening the kimono a little bit. I had to excise like 20 minutes from the last one because we had audio problems and it was Opening the kimono. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Opening the kimono. Ooh. 
Yeah, Looking sorry. into the dirty insides did of Honest not, Bicycle did, Program. Did you not want to see inside my kimono, Francis? I apologize. <laughs> I, I actually wasn't imagining your kimono, Greg, just like opening a kimono. Oh, like, okay, all right, well. let's peek in. What do we got in here? All right, everyone with a kimono, line <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't actually wear a kimono. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> free as a bird, baby. Uh no. Uh, anyway, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, no. I, so I wanted to before Maddie runs away and does whatever he's got to do. I don't know. It's fine. Um, I wanted to remind you all that we're coming to you on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Wide Angle Podium Network. It's an excellent network of fine podcasts. Many of them cycling related, but not all. You know, it doesn't have to be that way. It's fine. It's cool. Uh, WideAnglePodium dot com, and head over there. Listen to the other shows. Uh, there's good things happening. Adam Meyerson just started up the Meyerson line again. He talked to Ryan Trebone. It was pretty great. And oh, I missed that. That's very interesting. Yeah, go listen to that. It was good. It was good. It was definitely a good one. Um, so, you know, that is just an example of one of the many, many fine things you can listen to there. There's a rumor that, uh, that Bill over on Cycle Cross Radio, no, Crosshairs Radio, there we go, is going to, like, talk to Sven Ness, maybe, perhaps? And perhaps Damn. maybe make it a members-only thing. I don't know. This is yeah. just things he was tweeting about. I don't know if that was like him just speculating or or trying to get people fired up or something that's actually going to happen. But but keep an eye on that. Um, he had a very good, uh, intelligent and serious interview with uh, Ellen Noble um, a, a few weeks ago. You know, if, if we get Ellen, it's not going to be anything like that. <laughs> It'll be very <laughs> silly. Uh, but. <laughs> so if you want like journalism or whatever uh you should check that out but anyway oh motorcycles outside my house that's great anyway go there become a member um you know we just had a drive it was awesome um there's bonus content for people who become members uh it's not too late to join you can always help us out and uh we really appreciate it go to itunes leave a review things like that you know anything anything really uh and, and i guess that's it so yeah. Uh, any any closing thoughts, you guys? I agree with what Greg said. I agree completely with everything Greg said. Oh, and I also agree with what Francis said. Wow. I. You know what? The best part is I have that recorded, so I can just, I can just stick it anywhere. <laughs> stick it anywhere. Uh, as with Whoa. most things, that's the general <laughs> advice I would give. That's when I'm a really really old lady. That's the advice I'm going to give to young. Not not young children, but to give to the, the youngins. I'm going to be like, you know what? Come closer. I'm going to tell you something here. Stick it anywhere. <laughs> They're going to yeah. be like, Grandma! And I'm going to be like, no, it's true. Stick it anywhere. Most, <laughs> most appropriate old lady of all time. All right. I've been Greg over here in Boston. I've been Francis in West Hampton. And I've been Mario in Philadelphia. And we are going to catch you next time. Ride safe. Have fun. See you soon. Bye-bye. On the bicycle program. Woo! I agree.
completely with everything Greg said.